0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere. We've got a DFS episode for you today. Tags ready to get dominated again this week on (laughs) Draft.com?
1: I don't. I don't know, Bobby. It's, just, it's it's a week where I feel like I, I've gotten a jump start in the week. I, I've been like legitimately at my computer like all day, every day, trying to get things right and like get a grip on this slate. And I I feel like I've done a good job with that. I, I you know, it's just it's one of those weeks where you know where you just feel really really good. Like you you know what you're doing. You know how to attack it. It's just putting all the pieces in the right order, which is what we're gonna try and figure out today.
0: Yeah, it wasn't really domination anyway. I mean, you had the uh, the injury and everything, so I got a little bit lucky. We are gonna do another head. Head contest in a really unique competition that Draft.com offers. You guys have not seen this before, and it's really cool. But first, we're joined by guest Doug Norrie of DFSR.com to chat about this week's Fan Duel and DraftKings slate. Hey, Doug. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm excited to talk some football. So what we've been doing lately, for those of you uh, who haven't been tuning in, we switched it up, so now we're going cash games first and then GPP contests later. Those are the big prize tournaments, so you know, only 20% win in those contests. But the one that gets the very top prize, man, they, they turn like seven bucks into 400,000. so it's going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to start with cash games and uh, cash games you just want someone who's reliable, someone who's consistent in a good matchup, you know they're not going to flop. I've made uh, plenty of bad decisions there before, but you know if you're smart about this, I think you can uh, you know you've got a 50 percent chance to double up and if you're smart, that moves to what 60, 65 percent
1: that's the idea is like you know when if, if you if those of you listening out there and i've gotten messages on twitter so i do want to address this for a quick second maybe we should have done it earlier in the year but when we talk about cash game plays that's what we're referring to the head-to-head contests, the 50 50s the double ups this is this is meant to be a major portion of your dfs play if you're starting if you want to play more volume what you want to do is establish like earn your bankroll through your cash games that's where you want to play most of your money so what you want to do is you want to start using those cash game earnings to to fund your tournament play and that's obviously the one where you're not going to win cash every single week in tournament play it's just not going to happen that's not the way it works but cash games are meant to be finding the best value not necessarily the best place in the board because you can't ever afford to put all those guys in there, but finding the best bang for your buck, the guys who can hit two times value, uh, two and a half times value in cash games. And what I mean by that is if there's a player that's on the board for $5,000, essentially if he hits 12 and a half points for you on DraftKings, that's basically all you need out of a cash game lineup. So again, it's just shooting for those safe plays with the high floors and hopefully a high ceiling. So I just wanted to distinguish that a little bit because I've had a few people ask me about it.
0: That's good. Yeah. So Doug, you have a lot of uh, cool metrics and everything that you use. So when you're looking for cash game plays, like what are a few of the things that go into it for you?
2: Yeah, for sure. We want to use players that are like pretty consistent on a week to week basis. um, And there's some easy ways to figure that out. You want to, I mean, some of the things are obvious, right? Football's a pretty public sport. So a lot of these things, are, you know, you want looking for good matchups for teams with high totals, um, you know, Game scripts that are going to go in their favor. And then, you know, at the end of it, just making sure that the opportunity is there and you have some consistency markers that make it so that you're not going to you're not really trying to shoot for peaks and valleys in cash games. You're just looking for steady performance. And there's definitely some football. We can talk about some of these guys later on, but there's definitely players that fit. Different kind of profiles on a week to week basis of what you know, what that you're looking to get from them, and some strike really the numbers as being safer cash games, and others are, are the complete opposite. So it's just really kind of the combination of those things. And you know, football's football, like I said, is a
0: public sport. Most people are going to understand at least those basic concepts to start. So we mentioned on last show that uh, you know we've got a few bye weeks going on, but it's a bunch of crummy teams. So we have a lot of really good players going this week. Uh, we'll start at the quarterback position and talk about cash games and. You know, usually there's one or two guys who really stand out from the pack. I don't think that's necessarily the case this week. It's not that there's a bunch of bad plays and like we're in big trouble having to pick one of these guys. It's just, you know, there's four or five guys who are all in the same. You know, They're all in consideration. I can't really distinguish between them. Um, so we'll let you go first here, Doug who's your favorite one or two cash game plays of the week uh
2: yeah quarterback it's interesting i think you're gonna want to spend up a quarterback this week that kind of goes back and forth depending on the week there's been some weeks where it's been a fine to kind of take some cheaper value um especially on DraftKings where the pricing is a little a little spread so uh, but i don't think that's the case this week i really like alex smith um it's not a sexy Mm -hmm. pick it's not a sexy pick at all um and he's you know not the most exciting quarterback to watch but he has been pretty consistent this season it's really the matchup here so like if all things are going to be equal and you think a lot of these guys are going to be the same i think and i actually kind I do think this about this top group of guys. Smith has. I mean the Giants have been completely brutalized through the air, right? Like they have um they've allowed they've allowed like career games to just about everyone they played recently. Like CJ Batard looked great against them. <laughs> um and so I think you know, Smith brings in a consistency. He can run a little bit. I've been on the podcast before and talked about how much I we value running quarterbacks more than just it, you know, just than some pocket passers just because the amount of points you can make up on the ground is pretty significant for some of these guys. Smith isn't in the top tier there, but he does run enough. So uh and the fact that he's just coming I mean, I think on FanDuel, he's like this eighth or eighth or ninth most expensive guy. It's a little not as played as Stark on drafting. So anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be Smith for me. I'm not 100% sold on it, but if I were to put in a
0: lineup in right now for the main slate, uh, he'd be the guy I'd, I'd slot in there. Me too. And I don't feel especially good about it just because he, he's not that much better than the other plays. Um, but if you look at Alex Smith, he has at least 15 fantasy points in every single outing in the season. No other quarterback has done that all year Alex Smith is the consistent one he's picking up yards uh, from running and I know you like those high uh, high floor players that run at the quarterback position like you said he's number 9 on FanDuel in terms of price And our consensus projection has him at number four. So uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. Tags, is your
1: number one guy someone different? Uh, Well, I definitely like Alex Smith. He's my favorite quarterback play of the week. Um, I mean, in terms of cash plays, just because you're saving a couple bucks from going from uh, Tom Brady down to him, him and Brady. And this is you hit it on the head, Doug, is that this is a week to spend up a quarterback. There is so much money to be saved. Like, honestly, I could make a DraftKings lineup with a thousand dollars to spare this week and feel decent about it. And and it hasn't been that way. Uh, So, you know, when you're talking about the quarterbacks the i mean you don't have to go down to blake bortles uh, at 5200 against the browns because like that's that's like something that you never feel comfortable doing right the browns are a team that there's only been one game this year they haven't allowed multiple touchdowns so it's not hard for blake bortles to hit value at 5200 but i just feel like going up 1500 bucks to get alex smith against the giants defense that honestly it, you have to go all the way back to week three to the last time that they did not allow a top uh 10 quarterback And that is ridiculous. They've allowed 16 passing touchdowns, uh, 16 passing touchdowns in their last six games, uh, multiple 300 yard games. I think there's been four of them. And it's just there's nothing not to like about this. Andy Reid teams coming off the bye week uh, during his coaching tenure are 16 and two. So they're always well prepared. Uh, There's nothing about this Giants team that you like. You know, Kareem Hunt, as much as people want to like him, and it's not that I don't like Kareem Hunt. I think that he's a solid play this week as well. uh, But He has struggled recently, so I I don't think that we're expecting a a Ezekiel Elliott type 150 yard two touchdown game out of him. I think you can reasonably expect 100 yards and a touchdown, but that leaves plenty of points to be scored against the Giants. And Alex Smith at 6,700 is just he's such a safe play. Yeah,
0: it's a a great price for Alex Smith and Blake Bortles. You mentioned him. He's my close number two in cash games on on DraftKings just because he's so cheap. Um, I still don't know if I could (laughs) if I could use him. And you mentioned Tom Brady. Um, you can't use Carson Wentz on DraftKings, but I'm curious on FanDuel. Doug, do you like Carson Wentz at Dallas or Tom Brady at Oakland a little better?
2: Yeah, it's funny about I think you know Wentz. It, it, you look at Wentz and you think that he is probably the safer commodity. My only problem with Wentz is, and I suspect these things are all really hard. Like this, sometimes some sample sizes tend to regress to their mean really quickly, and other ones you're just never going to get a true idea of what they are. But Wentz's touchdowns per attempt are like so far beyond anybody else. And that typically, it's typically strikes me as, as luck. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's really good. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. Um, it's a very simple offense that they run, I mean, completely efficiently and the run game, you know, adding a guy probably helps them in the run game that they can just kind of put a lot of different sets out there. I'm just, I get worried when it's really hard to maintain this level of thro- the amount of touchdowns per attempt. And that's now look, you can see that you can see the attempts tick up if the game stays close. Right. So like um, he also just hasn't had to throw a lot of it. So this is like the weird thing. This is long winded way to say it's weird because, Maybe if they weren't getting such quick strikes, those other in-between plays also would have been passes, right? So like then it kind of just ends up evening itself out. Um, I just get a little, a little worried when the touchdowns are, you're so touchdown dependent and the price is kind of inflated on that idea. So that's my only concern with him. And, And this is all to say, I think he's also a good play.
0: Yeah, I think he's a good play too. He's like my number three, number four. I like Tom Brady a little bit more. He's a little bit cheaper on FanDuel. And if you look at Carson Wentz, you mentioned the touchdowns in his past five games. He's got 17 touchdowns. He's only throwing 29 passes per game. So we're talking about over 10% touchdown rate. The best quarterbacks in football are right around five, 5.5 for their career. He's definitely due for, uh, for some negative regression. So, um, I'm not as excited about Carson Wentz as most people are. With that said, he is a good play, even at 8,700.
1: Well, he was. I actually lowered him down my um, my board a little bit when I found out that Sean Lee was going to be out for the Cowboys, and that might sound a little weird. Be like, well, if they're call. missing one of their middle linebackers, why would it Why would it take him down? Because I think it helps the Philadelphia run game. Divisional games are typically closer than people expect them to be. Uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys aren't putting up points. As many points on the scoreboard without Ezekiel Elliott, we don't know if Tyron Smith is going to play in this game. It just could be one of those grindy games where it's like Philadelphia—they just want to walk out with a win. It's a divisional game; they're at home, they're or they're, on, they're on the road. Um, there's so many, there's so much around this that I just feel like they could run the ball all over Dallas without Sean Lee. That takes him down a little bit. My only concern with Brady and the reason that I would use Alex Smith over Brady and Cash is that Brady is up against an Oakland team that really struggles against the run as well. Like the, yep. the the Patriots have been running the ball extremely well. Rex Burkhead has stepped up. I know he's catching passes. He's running the ball really well. Uh, they're not using James White a whole lot. This would be a game where it wouldn't shock me if Mike Gillisley was active and took some goal line carries, it wouldn't shock me at all. So knowing that there's a team that can go back and forth with Tom Brady, I feel like that's why he's a better tournament play than Alex Smith. Uh, Whereas the Giants, I just don't see them hanging with the Chiefs very long. So again, we're talking about cash here. Alex Smith, I think is the way to go. I think we can all agree that he's one of the safest plays in the slate and his price isn't out of control, especially, especially on FanDuel, where you said, you said it's eighth uh, he's the eighth most expensive quarterback on Ninth. Fanduel. That that's crazy. That's 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 a, that's a discount.
2: Yeah, he'll be complete chalk. He'll be I believe because of that he'll be a pretty chalky play on FanDuel. And one other guy I wanted to mention actually too is I, I don't mind Breeze in this situation too. I think Breeze his his price is his price is down for reasons that could be outside of like the context of of, of of correct, in that they have not had to throw the ball at all in the short term, like they, their run game has been so good that his pass attempts per game are way down, um, and that has driven the price down as well. So I think that like if you see, like if you if you think that there's a chance that like Washington can hang in this game, like. For instance, he's not going to have less p- passing attempts than he's had in each of the last three weeks, just because that's he, they've just haven't had to throw at all. If you think it ticks up by ten, fifteen percent, just because the game stays a little bit closer than what the Saints have been doing, I think that you're buying a little bit low on him, just because he hasn't had to throw. So I don't, I don't mind Breeze
0: in this situation either. I think that makes sense. It's really interesting. Like we all, this is maybe the first time all year that Tags and I and the guest have all agreed who the best cash game quarterback is. But there's also like six guys to talk about. We haven't even mentioned Derek Carr against the Patriots yet. And I know Brandon Marianne Lee uh wasn't as excited about him yesterday on our podcast, but I think he's a pretty safe bet against the Patriots, right, Tex?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Derek Carr. I just feel like he has disappeared in certain games. So that's that's the concern there. Marshawn Lynch did look better the last time he took the field. I it's it's a it's a Raiders team that I don't think they want to go toe to toe with New England. Uh that's my only concern there. But there there's I, I see New England putting points on the board no matter what which way Oakland slices it, they have no defense. It's it's really sad. They're not going to put pressure on Tom Brady. There's so many reasons to like Derek Carr, which is why he's one of my favorite uh, GPP plays. But in terms of cash, I mean, on DraftKings, Derek Carr's only like, I think it's $300 cheaper than Alex Smith. So it's not like you're getting a whole lot of savings to take on more risk. Uh, again, I think Carr's ceiling is higher. Uh, but again, talking cash games, we're just looking for safety here. So yeah, I mean, I do like Carr. It's just yeah, There's no, there's just no need to go down there this week. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: quite a bit behind Alex Smith, but I think he is worth mentioning uh, in case like that's the price point that you have money left for or whatever. Okay, and before we get into running backs, Tags and I are going to step away and do our Draft.com contest. It's another head-to-head competition between Tags and I. Tags, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's three against three on the year. We each have three wins. So this is the rubber match. The rubber match,
1: and, it, and it's and it's fitting because this one is like the most odd one yet. Uh, I had not known about this competition that we're about to do, but uh, Bobby did let me know that it's it's possible. So I was like, "Well, I'm down to do anything." So let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So we uh, we've been doing you know the normal one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers
0: or tight ends. They actually have something different on draft that I did a few weeks ago, and I just loved it. So I wanted to share it with you all. You draft five quarterbacks. That's it. You only draft quarterbacks. So Tags and I are going to go head to head, and I have the first pick here. And and I just think this one's too obvious. I've got
1: to go with Tom Brady here. Is that who you would have picked, Tags? Yep. Yep. I don't know how you got first pick. And I'm not happy that Ben Roethlisberger is not on this slate, by the way, because Ben Roethlisberger would be on my team, like for sure. Um, But while you're listening to this podcast, Ben Roethlisberger has probably already gone off for 300 yards and and three touchdowns. Like that's happening tonight, by the way. um, So I'm I'm mad that he's not on this. So it's going to leave me to pick Alex Smith, which I mean, I think we all knew that one. And, um, you know, what? I'm going to combat yours and kind of play. It's tough. I want I'm debating Carson Wentz here. But I'll tell you who I want if that helps make up your mind. No, I don't. It doesn't help <laughs> me make up my mind. Um, you know what? It's it's bigger go <sighs> All right, I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson here. I think yes. Russell Wilson
0: Russell Wilson's the play I'm going with. Good. I really wanted Carson Wentz. I'm glad you did not pick him. So I'm taking Carson Wentz here. And uh let's see here. I don't want to tell you who else I'm considering, obviously, because then I know take I, him. Made um, I made that mistake. I made that mistake. I'm just going to go ahead and go with Drew Brees. I know you want him, so I'm just going to take him right out from under your nose. I'm
1: just so frustrated right now. Is that like <laughs> the fact that you got the first pick is like it's, it's illegal, and then you got two picks after I got? To, I, I'm 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 on edge right now. I'm totally it's beautiful out man. Help. Um. Obviously I'm going to go Derek Carr. I'm going to combat your Tom Brady pick because if that's if Tom Brady's going off then we know Derek Carr is um I don't I don't think it's unrealistic to think that Derek Carr actually outscores Tom Brady because basically he hasn't they haven't scored many rushing touchdowns this year. But then I am going to go with I'm going with Dak. I'm going to take the chance that Dak has Tyron Smith back because he needs his left tackle like that needs to happen.
0: Um, I really wanted Kirk Cousins, so I'm just glad you didn't take him. I'll take Kirk Cousins. I wanted Dak as my second pick, but I'm fine with Matthew
1: Stafford at Chicago. So I've got my five quarterbacks and I love my team. You know what stinks is that I don't I'm glad you picked Matthew Stafford. I think he's a bust this week, but um, I'm mad. I'm still mad about this because Cousins is actually somebody I would have picked here. But my issue is that Two of my top ten quarterbacks, two of my top nine quarterbacks this week are not on the slate, and that's uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Marcus Mariota. And I would have had both of them because yeah. I'm much higher on would them because I would not have picked them. <laughs> yeah, I'm higher on them than the consensus, and that's the part that stinks. So, um, who's your final pick? Or are you just going
0: to give up now since it's already? You're I doomed. feel
1: like I should give up now, but I'm not going to. I am going to go with Matt Ryan.
0: All right. So now draft is going to tell us our projected scores. Ooh, this is close. All right, tags. Why don't, don't you know. share the projected scores?
1: I don't know how it's close though. Honestly, I, your team is so much better. Um, it's 91.3 to 91.1. Yeah, that's right. So my team's Tom Brady at Oakland.
0: Well at Mexico city against Oakland, Carson Wentz against Dallas, Drew Brees against Washington, Kirk cousins against new Orleans, Matthew Stafford against Chicago tags. Who's your team?
1: Uh, Alex Smith at the Giants, Russell Wilson versus Atlanta, Derek Carr versus New England, uh, Dak Prescott versus Philly, and then Matt Ryan at Seattle. Yuck. Yuck.
0: You guys can tell us who you think won on Twitter, (laughs) at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Teglier NFL. I text. I don't think you're going to be getting any tweets about this.
1: I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm officially <laughs> I'm officially sad. I don't know how this happened. All right. And guys, if you guys want to compete against us, if you want to come kick my butt, like Bobby just did this draft, uh, all you have to do is go to our link. It is draft.com forward slash pros P R O S. And once you do sign up through that link, uh, you are automatically going to be given a free entry into a tournament. It's a $3 tournament that you're entered into for free, and you're automatically going to be entered to, to follow us. So therefore, when you sign up, it follows, us through that link and then you're notified when we start a competition. So if we uh, usually every single week, Bobby and myself are sending out multiple uh draft invites to all of our followers and whoever hops in first gets in. And uh it's it's a fun thing and some people like they'll they'll tweet at me letting me know, be like, oh I'm drafting against you, I'm gonna kick your butt. And when they do they let me know about it. So uh it's always a blast.
0: Yeah make sure to uh to go to draft.com slash pros so you can get that promo code and compete against us. We'll look forward to competing against you. All right, now let's talk about these running backs. Guys, what kind of week is this? I mean, we've got Leonard Fournette <laughs> against Cleveland. I don't wanna I don't wanna play Leonard Fournette against Cleveland, especially after the turd he put up last week. Todd Gurley against Minnesota, I know a lot of people are gonna say He's the top play of the week, but Minnesota's the best team against running back, right?
1: They have been Doug. Are you, I feel like this is a really upside down week. I'll, I'll talk about my running back plays in a moment, but Doug, how are you approaching the running back position this week? We talked about paying up a quarterback. Does that mean you're going down at wide receiver? Does it mean you're going down at running back? How are you playing the running back position in cash?
2: Yeah, you got it. Exactly right. We argue, we have a football podcast as well. And my, uh, James, who we do the podcast together, we argued about this the more, I'm going to play Kareem Hunt and I know that it's not going to be cash very popular. Games? Yes. Um, um, I just think that there's, so there's reasons to really like him, reasons to obviously dislike him. So the reasons you like, he got shot out of a cannon basically to start the season, and we could. I think most people generally agreed that it looked good, but it also looked a little funky because it was breaking off long runs that just simply weren't sustainable, right? So um, that, but the volume was there. The, the volume sort of, not didn't disappear. The, the, the rushing attempts fell off a little bit over the last four games before the bye. Some of that, two of those games were definitely game script games where they fell down early. And now he was still on the field. His snaps didn't change because he still, if you look at his numbers, his past game, his past game attempts, or excuse me, his past game targets, they've stayed pretty consistent since the beginning of the season. It was just the rushes that dropped off and like I said two of those games the one against Dallas and I can't remember what the other one was were straight up script issues right like Dallas was grinding the ball out they couldn't get the ball back and they just ran out of plays and they just were coming from behind the whole game it's a little weird because he has been kind of bad (laughs) over, over that time and but this is just the kind of matchup that you take a bounce back game for and the reason I actually like Hunt in this situation is because there's a couple teams where the offense is completely concentrated on two or three players Kansas City is one of them where if you stack Hunt, uh, Smith, and then Kelsey later to get like in cash, you can pretty much figure that you're getting outside of, of, of a Tyreek Hill long touchdown, you're getting almost all of their scoring level like, of their of their implied total. So I think that you I think from that standpoint, I'm comfortable playing Hunt. I do think the carries are gonna be there. I think the I think that helps to have a bye week. Um, so he's been had two weeks off. It doesn't feel great. And I still kind of think we're buying a little bit low on recent performance. It's weird because he's a rookie and it's kind of t- hard to tell which is the real guy. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be the starter to start the season. So it's not like there's huge, huge pedigree here. Um, yeah. But I,
0: I think I'm comfortable with it mostly because of the matchup. And I think the volume kind of ticks back up. I think that's fine. I mean, um, I'm thinking the same thing. I, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, their 28 predictive score, the Saints are 30. I'm fine with starting Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara just because you know. They're going to combine for 150 yards and a touchdown or two. And uh, with all the value that there is at wide receiver, I don't mind spending up on both those guys.
1: I, the thing is, is me at running back position, I'm, I'm completely opposite this week is I don't feel great about anybody at the top of the board. Like I, I think uh, hunt is probably my, my, the best running back on that board, but it's not, I don't feel necessarily great about it. I mean, the giants, again, they've been worse against the pass than they have against the run. They've only allowed uh three RB one performances on the season, despite how many points they've allowed, which is saying something. And that's in terms of DraftKings scoring PPR. I'm wondering like, if you want to spend up and I don't feel great about it in cash though, is Melvin Gordon. uh, up against the Bills. Please don't do that tags. He's got the turf toe man. So hold on a second. So I have been like you know all year I've been saying like like I've been I actually I've had Melvin Gordon in my cell column for the buy sell for like the last three weeks whenever this turf toe thing kind of broke loose. But a lot of people are concerned about Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon like doubled his snaps last week. It, re- it was really happenstance. And if you actually saw the touchdowns that Eckler scored, they were really odd plays where he almost went out of bounds and it was some bad tackling on those plays uh, that they really shouldn't have happened. Um, but this is a Bills team that's allowed 10 rushing touchdowns in the last three games. We know that Melvin Gordon is going to get those goal line carries. The only I mean, the concern I have here is that we need Philip Rivers to to get out of concussion protocol. That's number one. And it does help that Nathan Peterman is quarterbacking for the Buffalo Bills because it's not like the Bills are going to blow them out at home. It's not going to happen. Everything is kind of lining up for Melvin Gordon here where it's like he's a home favorite uh going up against a rookie quarterback uh, a a buffalo team that's been in shambles they can't stop the run they traded away marcel darius like none of it makes sense so everything kind of adds up and granted i don't want to play gordon in cash but i think he's a he's a good play me i think you can go down there are so many running backs under six thousand dollars this week on draft kings like i'm just gonna name them off right now is as running backs i think you legitimately can play in cash uh jarek mckinnon fifty seven hundred Chris Thompson, 5,400, Doug Martin at 4,500. I know Doug Martin hasn't been playing well, but 4,500 against the Dolphins that have like legitimately been one of the worst teams in the NFL recently. Like they're, they're trending in the wrong direction. Amir Abdullah, 4,200 against the bears. Deion Lewis, 4,200. Like that guy's been getting more and more carries every single week. Isaiah Crowell has been running the ball the last two games, 4,100 Latavius Murray. We talked about him in the podcast yesterday. I wouldn't play him at $4,000. i would rather play McKinnon at 5700 Uh, But I I think, and then you obviously get down the board a little bit more. P. Ryan at $3,800, i am not a huge fan of, but Burkhead at $36. I, I don't know how Rex Burkhead is $3,600 on DraftKings. Like he's the same price as Kerwin Williams and Zach Zenner. I, I'm guessing it's because <laughs> their game took place uh, uh, um, like Sunday night. So maybe the pricing was already kind of played and it was already figured out. Because I would imagine that Rex Burkhead would be somewhere in the 5000 range if they were to reprice this right now. So naming off all those guys and and knowing that we're going to pay up a quarterback, that we want to pay up a tight end this week. um, And if you want to get one of the big name wide receivers, I mean, there's just so much value. It's just hard to find where I'm going to spend that money. Doug, what do you feel about? I know I know how Bobby feels about Melvin Gordon. but Doug, what do you think about Melvin Gordon this week?
2: I mean, the injury is a little bit of a concern that the fact that they had someone else just appear on the scene and like was successful um, always makes me a little bit concerned. It doesn't always. I mean, we saw this sort of like with Ingram and Kamara, too, is that when there's another guy, you, you ultimately most teams don't want to run one guy into the ground because most of them understand that this is not the way that you have long term viability in the NFL. So a lot of times they just can't get away from it or like you're on Bell and you're just like the Steelers, just whatever. They don't care. But, um, but for the most part, when guys show up. I do get a little concerned that there's some incentive to – that the snaps will kind of continue there because they just want to keep some – like they want to keep a guy happy. That's my only concern. I mean, and again, like I said, the injury too. Um, I want to copy up my Kareem Hunt thing by saying if this was a full week of games or like even like and Bell was available or like Tevin Coleman from the Monday night game was available, like there's a lot – there's other things. There are players I like a lot more. It just ends up being like you said – you have to spend the money somewhere. There just aren't a lot of expensive guys to spend on. And when that's the problem, you yeah. you eventually just have to take the floor somewhere. The guy the running backs you mentioned there, I think Chris Thompson is gonna be a very popular player in DraftKings this week. He'll, he'll probably one of the highest owned running backs I would suspect um now that Kelly's out. So I think that he fits right he fits that mold completely where even if like he wasn't listed the starter, which you know they they start Pirine, I think that's probably in name only. There's this is a script that completely fits Thompson more more than Pirine. There's no way, there's almost no scenario where Washington just like gets up two touchdowns and are just running downhill trying to run the clock out. I don't think that's going to happen at all. And if uh, that's the only situation where Thompson loses snaps, I think that he even if like again if he wasn't listed the starter, I think he's probably probably one of the highest on DraftKings running backs on the slate
1: yep that's that's basically how I feel about Thompson like when I was going through it it's just like everything lines up perfectly for him the Saints have allowed the sixth most receiving yards to running backs on the year Um, again the game script just it really pans out and I think that to be fair I mean going back to Kareem Hunt I would rather probably play Kareem Hunt than Mark Ingram and I think Mark Ingram is going to be considered chalk this week with all the money that people are saving I think that a lot of people are going to pay play Ingram and honestly I think Alvin Kamara might even be the better play at 7,500 in a PPR On DraftKings, no. yeah,
0: I'm fine with that. Yeah. On FanDuel, I, I would rather play Mark Ingram. I think he has uh, safer touchdowns.
1: Well Doug, well, Doug hit it, though, is that we're going to see that this ground game, it's talking about regression and the fact that Drew Brees, everything in his numbers right now lines up with his career totals is actually better. Um, he's not throwing as much, yeah, but his touchdown percentage is down, and that has nothing to do with his play. It has everything to do with the way that, that everything has fallen, kind of like how DeMarco Murray scored three touchdowns last week. Does that mean DeMarco Murray is going to be great going forward? No, it doesn't. Um, so so there's de- there's definitely positive touchdown regression coming for Drew Brees, and knowing if, if the run game does see that regression that Alvin Kamara can get it done in multiple ways he can get it done through the air as well because he's the only one that scored a receiving touchdown out of that backfield so I do think that you could actually stack Drew Brees with Alvin Kamara in tournaments and honestly I mean I don't think I'd play Brees in cash I I don't think we're at that point right now but in a tournament uh, you could actually stack Brees Kamara and maybe like Michael Thomas and have like You know, I don't think many people own that stack right now because so many people are down on Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Yeah, that makes
0: sense to me. You guys mentioned Chris Thompson. A lot of people are going to be on him on DraftKings. Have you seen what he's been doing lately? It is not. The definition of safe. I mean, I know he's going to get a few more carries this week, but Chris Thompson has kind of been a dud the last three weeks. He leads the team in
2: targets, or he's second. He's either first or second. I mean, Crowder might be ahead of him now after last week. Um, it's mostly just that they he he gets his most snaps in these kind of game scripts. So that is where I, I agree with you that the stats don't look great. But the thing is now, I mean, P, oh, I mean, P Ryan stinks, right? Well, so does Rob Kelly. Like I don't understand why they just why they're clearly not incentivized to try to run Thompson a ton between the tackles, but they just can't run at all. They're just one of these teams that just has to pass. And I think when that's the case, you're going to see his snaps trend up enough where now that they have completely removed one loser from the backfield, thankfully, and now they're going to, and, and again, P. Ryan's he stinks too. So I think you're just going to see outward snaps on him Unlike some of the other guys you mentioned, you know, a lot of the other guys you mentioned uh, tags were were complete timeshare, right? Like McKinnon, uh, like the McKinnon Murray thing, right? Like you're just you're sort of guessing there. Even the Kamara Ingram thing is a timeshare that you're kind of guessing on. Um, I don't think we're doing as much guesswork on Thompson. And I'm understanding that I'm trying to get most of my value on with him through the air. And that is I agree with you. That is a little weird to do at running back.
1: Yeah. And thinking about like Josh Doxon, who's been seeing more targets in the passing game, he's going to obviously see Marshawn Lattimore in this game. And honestly, Thompson, it all comes down to the the slate you're playing on, right? Like it's PPR, Chris Thompson's obviously worth a lot more looking at his his game log. He's in six of nine games he has scored at least the 12 and a half points you're looking for in a cash game. He's actually reached 15 points uh in 6 of 9 games this year. So that's what you're looking for and, and on top of on top of the fact that he's been doing it 66% of the time, 67, whatever, we have an ideal game script, we have an ideal opponent for this to match up against. Again, Samaje Piran They've kind of moved on <laughs> like they I don't think that they really wanted to play Samaj P. Ryan. Rob Kelly, I don't even think was 100 percent when they put him back in the lineup. So I think you're looking at like 10 to 12 carries for Chris Thompson, but you should also see anywhere from six to nine targets. And when you're talking about 5,400, you're looking to get, you know, 12 and a half, 13 PPR points and then he hits value. Anything on top of that is, you know, icing on the cake.
0: You know, I think we have to talk about Jamal Williams, too, right? I mean,
1: we don't know no, if Ty Montgomery no. is going to play. If Ty Montgomery doesn't play, Jamal Williams is getting 20 touches, man. I wouldn't even play him then. Not against Baltimore. with Brandon Williams back. Brandon Williams, since he's come back, they've been allowing like nada on the ground. They're back to the Baltimore defense that we all remember. And they've they're coming off their bye week. So you're not t- you're not taking 20 touches for dirt cheap. I mean, I would rather play Isaiah Crowell. Or or Dion Lewis.
0: Okay, yeah, and D- Dion Lewis is a very good price.
1: Yeah, forty two hundred. Like Amir Abdullah is going to get those touches. Doug Martin might. I mean, like that's that's debatable. But On Fanduel, though,
0: Lewis it doesn't matter as much that he's getting all these receptions and everything. I'm fine with playing Jamal Williams there.
1: Well, he doesn't catch the ball at all. Deion Lewis hasn't been used in the passing game. He's been like their goal line back, which is really weird. It's really weird that Deion <laughs> yeah, Lewis is. is not like, I th- I think he has like one catch in like the last three games. It's like ridiculous how much they're not using him, but he's getting uh, at least 14 carries every game. He's getting the goal line snaps, which are really, really important, especially against Oakland, who just can't seem to stop anything. But again, I just Jamal Williams. He hasn't shown us any reason to trust him. This offense isn't going to have very many scores opportunities like Brett Hundley is not very good at football like we've watched this this Packers team they've scored 17 or fewer points in three of the four games that he's played so we can't even depend on goal line carries so if Jamal Williams even if he gets 20 touches I think that they're going to involve Randall Cobb in the backfield I think he would get five to eight carries back there I think they would involve Rapowski like there's so many things here where even if Williams got 20 touches I'm not confident he would end up with more than six fantasy. Uh, also,
2: too, I think we want to prioritize um, just teams that are just projected to score points. So if you look down in Vegas implied totals this week, right. there's only four teams that have implied totals of 25 or higher. This is why a lot of like, our discussion is actually concentrated on just a couple teams because really, just about any system, any projection system that anyone models really <laughs> off any metrics is going to just pull out a lot of these same guys because these are just the only teams that are supposed to score points the Chiefs, the Saints, I mean, to some degree, the Chargers, the Patriots. And there's one more team I'm forgetting, but the like all the other teams are like 20 points or less. And that's a really, really tough nut to crack for anybody, even even when the prices are low, because you're just not Vegas isn't projecting them to do anything in these games. So it's just very, very, very low scoring week. And I think that's why you just see a lot of the really just throughout the industry. You just see a lot of the talk concentrating on just a few teams because they're the only ones that are going to score.
1: Right. And I mean, Jamal Williams, to be fair, though, Bobby, too, he's not like really like dirt cheap. Like they have him priced at forty nine hundred on DraftKings, which isn't like he's one hundred dollars cheaper than Lamar Miller, like a thousand dollars cheaper than Adrian Peterson. Like he's not he's not he's not like three thousand dollars where it's like we're talking about minimum and we need him to score eight points like at that price. We need him to score a touchdown and rack up 70 yards. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, it's, with it's Williams, definitely not safe.
0: It. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's not safe, especially yeah. with Brandon Williams back. Uh, running back is mm-hmm. a disaster this week. D- Doug, is there anyone else you want to talk about for cash games at running back? Now nah, we pretty much covered it. I mean, like those are the guys that we wrote up in our articles. the was, I
2: mean, I mentioned there's there's a bounce, bounce back chance for Fournette, although the Cle- I think the Cleveland defense um, against the run is a little bit fluky. Like if you look at the teams they played, it's not they're just, the teams just aren't very good. So there's a strength of schedule issue there. I think where you know I, I get they like, they rank second against D- in DVOA against the rush. Um, they really had not played. I mean, they had played like Levy and Bell week one and they really haven't when he obviously hadn't even practiced. And then they really haven't played another running back. So I think this is a kind of a bounce back spot for Fournette. My only concern with Fournette is, you know, it's it's weird. It's very weird to have a guy get benched before a game for violating team rules when you're as good as Fournette. And so when something like that happens to a guy and then like last week he, he had his cut carries cut into a little bit, I think there's been a clear message being sent to him that's being said, we just like, don't need you maybe as, as much as you think we need you. And so that always makes me a little worried on a guy because that's the best way for your – it's just the best way for your uses to disappear. And all that being said, I think he's probably the best talent running back that's going on this slate, and that's always really yeah. worth something. Great. So um, I, th- I think there's a case to be made for Fournette. It's, it's not an altogether strong one, but if you thought he was going to see 23, 24 touches again – then I think that I I don't want to overrate the Cleveland defense because I do, do not think they're like the number two ranked rushing defense in the
0: football. I don't think that's true necessarily. Yeah, I think it has more to do with his ankle. I think if his ankle was not sprained, I don't I don't know if they would have suspended him that game. Like I know they've got Tom Coughlin there and everything, and like they're tough guys, but I don't think you suspend Leonard Fournette if his ankle's not hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean I, it was a really weird thing, and I know they're trying to send a message and all that stuff, but it was it was just a really weird situation. But talking about this week. I actually dig it, Doug, like thinking about it, like, like Leonard Fournette is someone I kind of got to. I'm like, yeah, the matchup against Cleveland isn't as great as people. Some people think, but the casual fan thinks that, right? A lot of sharps know that the Browns defense has been really good against the run. But you mentioned you made a really good point about the level of competition that they've played and they have done really good. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but they did lose Jamie Collins this last week and he's out for the season. He's He's one of their he's the linebacker they traded for last year from the Patriots. So they obviously valued him uh, very well. And if you look over the last couple of weeks, I mean. Jarek McKinnon and Amir Abdullah both were able to post solid numbers they both scored a rushing touchdown so I think that Fournette might be like a solid contrarian play because I think other I think people would rather go down to Ingram and Hunt uh, and maybe Melvin Gordon and Kamara rather than play Fournette so you're probably going to get him I don't know what do you say eight to ten percent I don't know yeah probably.
0: yeah probably right around five percent man I don't want to go contrarian at running back. I'd rather. It's such a disaster. I would just rather play the the surefire guys.
1: But he's locked into carries. Like, you know, he's going to get 20 carries. Like, that's that's happening. He didn't get it last week. He, he, well, he, well, he got 17. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. His snaps, actually. (laughs) His snaps, hold on. His snaps last week were not. Cut as bad as people think they were. If you look at his yearly totals, it wasn't far off what he usually does. It's just the way it kind of worked out that the game flow in the second half, and it just seemed like they cut him, but they didn't really. Uh, this is a game where Deshaun Kaiser's not going to be able to get anything done against Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette, this is like, this is the ground and pound game. I think they return back to it. And I, I mean, I don't know if you need to go there in cash, but again, we need to, Doug said it, you have to spend your money somewhere, and Fournette he might have the safest. And there's a correlation play between,
2: between uh, Fournette and the Jacksonville D also like you can get running back and and running back. And that guy's defense um, is a, there's a, there's something of a, a strong correlation. I don't remember the exact number, but there's something of a strong correlation between those two things. And we, and the Jags D is I'm sure is one we're going to talk about too. So I think pairing them together, there's some safety
0: in it well, and only as safe as, as as compared to the rest of the week, which just feels
2: decidedly unsafe.
0: What's the over-under on how many points Kaiser and the Browns score? Like negative six? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a complete joke that they're a team. I, like they are – yeah, I mean you don't see
2: – this is a year we've seen really low – it really speaks to how bad some of these teams are – really low implied totals. You really don't see 13 and 14 implied totals for NFL teams just because – their NFL teams and they're supposed to be able to do something even against good even against good defenses this is multiple yeah. times here. we've seen it we've seen it with the Giants we've seen it a couple times with the Browns these teams are so so otherworldly bad that yeah I mean you say negative it, it, it really feels like you're closer to that than the 14 uh, as out a luck boxing it but it's really it, it is it really <laughs> speaks to just that there's there's not as much there are some really bottom of the barrel teams and Browns are one of them
0: yeah all right guys let's move on over to wide receiver and again this is just ugly we've got Antonio Brown going on Thursday night for $9,000. Besides that, I mean, we can't use him, right? So we've got Michael Thomas against oh, Josh Norman. so mad about that. We've got Doug Baldwin on Monday night. Can't use him either. So we've got one player above $8,000 at wide receiver. A.J. Green against Denver. Julio Jones against Seattle. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry, Julio Jones is on Monday night. DeAndre Hopkins against Patrick Peterson. Another complete wasteland. Well, actually, I don't I am gonna call into question one thing. I don't, actually don't think Thomas is gonna get
2: Josh Norman shadow. Josh Norman doesn't shadow cover he doesn't shadow cover anybody. No, he doesn't shadow he at all. He only lines up on the left side of the field and Thomas actually lines up more on the opposite side. So I actually think Thomas is a great in a great spot here because Bashad Breland is about as bad as it gets on the other side. Like teams just completely beast on <laughs> on that side of the field, and that is and that is where Thomas, he they move him around a lot. I'm looking at some Pro Football Focus numbers. I'm not completely quoting this myself, but um, you know he he lines up more on the left side, uh, but it also lines up in the slot and the right. And because they move him around so much, my guess is they move him almost the entire game away from Norman. So I actually think that Thomas is like the pretty clear cash game play um, among those wide receivers okay. because I just don't think he's gonna grab. He's just not. They're they're not gonna. They're not going to purposely line him up against Norman when they
1: already move him around so much. Good point. Really good point. Yeah, correct. Uh, Josh Norman has played one snap away from left uh, from away from left cornerback this year. So yeah, I'm definitely not worried about that. But um, Evans is my cash game play. Like I, I don't see a scenario where Mike Evans doesn't go off against the Dolphins and I say that because you know if you watch the Dolphins on Monday Night Football you understand why I'm saying this (laughs) Xavier Howard looked lost uh you know Tankersley the the rookie cornerback I I, I don't really put too much on him he's been he's been thrown into a situation where it's not ideal but the the reason that you have to like Mike Evans a lot is because you know when you look at the defense as a whole they got TJ McDonald back last week from suspension and it just so happens that first week they get him back it's it's a guy that's new with the team he came from the Rams this offseason, he was suspended uh, for the first so many weeks. And first week back, obviously, there was some miscommunication in that game. Devin Funches was clearly the only wide receiver that they had to worry about, and they couldn't handle that. Um, Devin Funches scoring two touchdowns against a team is not saying something very good. And I, I'm not saying that Funches is bad. I, I'm the one who touted him before the season, but I'm, he's not a number one receiver. Like, he's not the guy that's going to carry your team to the Super Bowl. Like, that's he's not Mike Evans. Um, and on top of that, they don't only have to worry about Mike Evans. They have to worry about Deshaun Jackson. So they can't just say, we're going to focus and we're going to shade a safety his way. It's just not that simple. There's a reason that guys like Mike Evans produce week in, week out. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a really, really bad game. His first one back is because he didn't have a possession receiver. You know Chris Godwin was a rookie. Adam Humphreys hasn't done much in the slot. Cameron Brate, he doesn't target t- t- tight ends very much. And Deshaun Jackson is not meant to be targeted 10 times per game. I don't see a scenario where Mike Evans does not see at least 12 targets in this game. Uh, I think he's going to go for 100 yards and a touchdown, if not two. Um, it's just like, this is like a nut spot for Mike Evans. And if he doesn't go off here, he's never going to, it's basically like the DVOA in terms of uh, football outsiders. They have a DVOA metric where they're set, They're calling the dolphins, the worst defense in football. Um, and it's been trending that way as the season's gone on, they just don't have the talent to hang there. So I do like Michael Thomas as a tournament play. I think but in cash, I would rather go up $500 to Evans, uh, just cause I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's the thing. I do want to address this too. Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, right? He wasn't good. We know that. We also have seen Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker this year. Are those guys good this year? Were they good this year? I should say Uh, Brandon Marshall answer would be no. Eric Decker hasn't done anything uh, in Tennessee playing the slot there seeing I think 44 targets on the year. So he's seen plenty of opportunity. So are we really going to put all of it on Ryan Fitzpatrick last year with the options he was throwing to back in 2015? Brandon Marshall looked like Brandon Marshall. Eric Decker was scoring touchdowns every week. Everybody was celebrating. So knowing that they didn't have a running game either. Yeah. And no, well, that the bucks don't either. (laughs) Um, So, so knowing that Mike Evans is, we know he's a premier talent in the league. We know he's an athletic freak. We know that you could just toss the ball up in one-on-one situations and he's going to win them the majority of the time. We saw AJ Green come back from his, his boxing match. Now we're seeing Mike Evans come back. Um, I'm saying Mike Evans behind Antonio Brown. Mike Evans is the number one wide receiver this week. That's fair.
0: I mean, with all the money we're saving at running back, we could probably afford to play both these guys. I mean, there's tons of value down at wide receiver. We can go down and get one of those guys to pair with, uh, with Evans and Thomas.
1: I definitely debated it. Definitely debated it. I mean, I've been burned by Michael Thomas a little bit recently because he hasn't scored, but I'm not, I'm not one to hang on to grudges. I know Michael Thomas is, he's so good. He's so consistent in terms of what he offers you and the floor he gives you in fantasy leagues is and obviously DFS. Uh, but we haven't even seen the ceiling. He's a top 12 wide receiver right now. And we have not even seen his ceiling. Yeah. There,
0: there's six other players here in the mid range that I like quite a bit. Golden Tate at Chicago, he's been on fire lately. Uh, Michael Crabtree against New England, I already talked about. Uh, Car there, I think they're going to rack up the points trying to keep up with New England. Alshon Jeffrey at Dallas, I know you can't play him on DraftKings. Larry Fitzgerald at Houston. Uh, you've got Sterling Shepard again, face Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then I love Devontae Parker against the Bucks this week. He's definitely going to be in my cash game lineups just because Jay Cutler is throwing the ball better. Finally, I think he's got a grip on this, uh, on this offense now, on the playbook. And Devontae Parker's been playing really well every single game.
1: I love the Parker call. I i am I'm, I'm all over Devontae Parker this week. Uh, the, the cornerbacks he's going to match up with are Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargraves, and they are 5'9 and 5'10. Devontae Parker high points the ball extremely well, and he should take advantage of that. Jay Cutler knows, I'm sure he knows, the Bucks cornerbacks. He actually didn't play very well against the Bucks the last time he was supposed to uh, when he was with the Bears but this defense has kind of taken a turn for the worse. Um, so I, I do dig the the Landry call. I'd, I'd worry about Golden Tate a little bit. Something you should watch with the Bears is you should find out whether or not Bryce Callahan is playing because Callahan missed last week. Uh, he's been the Bears slot cornerback this year. He's done extremely well. Even going back to last year, he played really well. Uh, so watch to see if he plays. If he does not play, Cravon LeBlanc, going to cover the slot and he's he hasn't actually been bad either the bears have like a kind of like a little hidden riches at the slot cornerback position but it's definitely an upgrade for for tate but you're paying for him that's my concern is that i think you could go down i think you go down if you're playing DraftKings. i think you can go down to jarvis landry at 6400 and play him instead
2: i love landry i was going to jump in on that on the back end of the parker thing because landry if you talk about consistency from wide receiver he's by far the most consistent wide receiver on a week to week basis. Um, his coefficient of variation is l- lower than anybody else. And it's actually really not even particularly close. Now his big issue is that he doesn't do anything once he catches the ball. Like, well, that, I take that back. He has, he has <laughs> like, actually caught touchdowns this year. They've actually tar- this year. They've yeah. targeted him in the red zone. Now what hasn't happened though, he has no, re- he has no receptions of more than 20 yards. I don't think. And I was, I was really looking at this, uh, that, that 20 is maybe a little bit wrong, but it's somewhere in that range. Um, it, it, basically he has no long catches. Let's just call it a long catch. Right. Um, he, and I've really looked at this uh for the last couple of years and i i I feel like it's sort of fluky right the best way or one of the best ways to have a long catch is to just keep catching the ball i mean the, the that's your it's your high your highest correlation with being able to- you know be able to run with the ball far is to have the ball to begin with and I feel like there's some chance that we're still buying low on Landry because he just hasn't broken one yet now that's not to say that's going to happen this week uh it might not happen the rest of the season, but the price he's fairly priced now for. Good production, and he's done everything else except for just turn a, a ten-yard gain into a thirty-yard gain. Let's say, and he really once that happens once or twice, you really now you're looking at outsized gains. So I really like Landry. The, the 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 targets for him are completely insane. Like they just throw to him, seeming like every single play. Amazing. So um, and and what I also like about him, he's done this with bad quarterbacks the entire way, right? Like he has never really had. I mean, Tannehill, Cutler, more. I mean, these these quarterbacks are not good to, to still get this outsized target share from a guy. On their bad quarterback play is pretty impressive. So from a cash game standpoint, I'm, I'm all over Landry again this week.
1: Yeah, this is my concern with Landry. My only concern there is that he has totaled 48 yards or less in six of his last eight games. So the touchdowns have actually masked what's been kind of lackluster yardage totals. Now, granted, he's catching the ball like the receptions are there. So you're getting the PPR totals. So his floor is really solid. That's why I do like him in cash. But another thing to watch is that uh, Robert McClain is is the slot cornerback for the Bucs. He might miss this week. Um, He's been allowing 77% catch rate out of the slot anyway. So it's not like it's a bad match up but if he misses they're going to move vernon hargraves into the slot which would be a huge upgrade vernon hargraves is the only cornerback in the league who allowed more than a thousand yards in his coverage last year his sophomore year hasn't been any better like they they would bench him if they had other talent on the roster they just don't so if it keep an eye on robert mcclain if he's benched uh jarvis landry gets a bump up in projections and i honestly think that 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 game is really sneaky um in terms of like shootout potential like you have 2 DGAF quarterbacks. You have Jay Cutler willing to throw it up to Devontae Parker, has Jarvis Landry at his disposal. The running game is getting things done. And then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side of the field that's going to chuck it up to Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. And Miami doesn't have the talent in the secondary to handle it. So that game has some sneaky shootout potential. I'm just saying keep that on your radar for DFS. Yeah, not, not for cash
0: games, but I like what you're saying. No, no, yeah, feet. not for cash. My bad. Um,
1: <laughs> are there uh, are there any other cash
0: game plays at wide receiver that you guys are interested in? Maybe a Jeremy Macklin at Green Bay or yep. Jamison
1: Crowder? Those two. I actually, those are the last two I wanted to mention. I think Brandon Cooks also uh, can be considered in cash. He's 6600. Uh, that game is projected to be a shootout. Oakland struggles yeah, with, with fast wide receivers. Cooks has actually been like more uh, consistent than people have thought. <laughs> he's actually been really good. He just hasn't scored touchdowns. So those touchdowns are going to come. I think he's a solid player play but Macklin and Crowder if you're looking to save some money for whatever reason at wide receiver Macklin and Crowder are some high floor options what about you Doug any other names at the position yeah that's pretty much it Shepard was a guy that we we're really targeting pretty high you mentioned him before
2: Macklin's still coming cheap uh I'm a little worried with Crowder Crowder doesn't have the best matchup these Saints cornerbacks have been pretty good this season but for 4,300 for a guy that sees double digit or conceivably could see double digit targets uh I think that's a just yeah. pretty much a great spot for him it's a pretty I mean it's so funny you really wish what well, he would never be priced like this but DeAndre Hopkins is so cheap now 6100 they're still throwing him the ball just, the the the, <laughs> thro- right. the throws are are completely awful obviously but they're still targeting him we've had really trouble in our system with what to do with him because we've had to basically just change his entire projection because what the way, what he, what he was doing with Watson He's still getting the same amount of looks, but just not converting them. I'm like almost tempted to do it because these with no fuller, they have nobody else. He's going to just see like maybe 20 targets because they don't have anyone else to throw to at 6,100. He doesn't need to convert a ton of them to get there. So there's I think there's some chance you're buying low. I mean, you get maybe throwing a Bruce Ellington for three thousand two. But I think I think you could be buying low on Hopkins if they're able to sort anything out in the quarterback game, which it doesn't seem likely. But he's coming so cheap.
0: That's a good call for DraftKings, at least on a FanDuel. He's 7,700. So too expensive there. Yeah, too expensive. Yeah. Guys for uh, tight end cash games. Like, do we really even need to talk about this? If Kelsey's Kelsey's ownership is not 90%, then there is something vastly wrong with the DFS community.
1: Well, actually, it shouldn't be higher than 49% because Rob Gronkowski is the best player. (laughs) What? What? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you messing with me? not even kidding here here's a list of the tight ends that have finished top five against the raiders julius thomas aj derby and Vernon davis like stop don't don't take rob gronkowski for granted he's too good
2: but have you seen what the jet with you see the giant the, the giants have done the tight ends they've allowed a touchdown oh yeah they have a
1: touchdown in every <laughs> yeah. game Every like so in standard for in standard Travis format
0: he's really good too man
1: <laughs> no, no i'm not saying he's not like that they're they're one a and one b but that's why i said it should be 51 and 49 percent like wow. Gronk should be 51. Like I I'm just saying like this matchup for Gronk he's coming off an off game I would say and I'm putting that in quotes. Uh four catches for 74 yards is an off game for Gronk. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. the, the standard we hold this guy to but uh the Raiders really struggle up the seam. Uh they 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 struggle against wide receivers. Gronk is like that hybrid where it's like he's a tight end wide receiver. Uh it seems like Chris Hogan is not going to go again. Danny Amendola's matchup against TJ Carey in the slot isn't great. Um, again, I like Brandon Cooks, but I think Rob Gronkowski's in a position to smash, and I think you're gonna get him at lower ownership than you ever would in a matchup this good. That's really interesting. Can you play both of them, man? DraftKings, can you just put Gronk in your flex? Because Kelsey's the tight end. Gronk would have to be the flex. I mean, that's basically you're paying up for like you, if you go down cheap and running backs. I mean, yeah, if you get a couple cheap running backs, you could do that.
2: So with, with things like this, I like to wait till Sunday morning because I'm looking at our system, too. And I'm actually surprised it's closer than I thought it was between Kelsey and Gronkowski. Because Gronkowski to me was sort of an afterthought. And then looking at their projection, he's about a point projected behind. Kelsey. And that's actually the difference of like half a target or something like that. So it's, it wouldn't take much to make up the difference with situations like that. I actually like to wait till Sunday morning and see when Vegas player props come out to see where that money is landing on guys and Gronkowski and Kelsey are public enough that they will have player props Cause I think that if there's a coin flip, let's say you thought these guys were coin flips, right? And they're the same. So they, and they clearly are, I'm drafting are so the same price. Um, I, th- I like to go over there and just look at where the prop lands and like, let that be the deciding factor. Um, and we've we've done a pretty good job of Interesting. of being able to use that as just the if we're trying to make a decision between two guys let's just take let's take it out of our system and into this other system which is you know which is Vegas who's also putting putting large amounts of money into making sure that it's As close to the median, as close to the median number or the mean number as as you can get. So um, I think that's this would be a situation, I think, almost 100 percent on Sunday that I'll go and say, where where do these Vegas props line up? And then that will probably be the deciding factor on the tight end.
0: Man, I don't know. Tags, I was really surprised when you said that. And I thought, I really did think you were joking. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, Gronkowski's a really good play this week, but I'm still using Kelsey. I mean, but it's a lot closer, like Doug said.
2: I think you're going to, I actually think you're going to get separation on Gronkowski, and I think you're probably correct. I love the play. It's great. I think, wait, I think, I think the, you're incorrect about the ownership because um, I just think Kelsey will be a more public play because everyone understands that the Giants are bad. And I even didn't realize that maybe that this Gronkowski thing was as close as possible or as close as it is. So I actually think you end up getting pretty great separation on a great play. That's a great call.
1: No, I appreciate it. Obviously, the only concern, and honestly, I think I might I might give the edge to Kelsey and Cash, maybe. The only reason I'm saying this is because adding Martellus Bennett to the mix of tight ends there is, is a pain in the butt. Because I don't like it. Like remember yeah. last year, like when when they were both in the field and Martellus had like a three touchdown game and you're sitting there as a Gronk owner and you're like <laughs> <laughs> you're yes. staring at your TV like in disbelief. Like what is happening right now? Um that's that's concerning, but obviously, you know, he wasn't it's not like he, he was targeted a whole bunch last week, but um Gronkowski like I said, in, in tournaments especially, I just think Gronk is gonna be his ownership will be lower than than it should be.
0: Yeah. And Kelsey also is seven hundred dollars less on FanDuel, so it is closer on DraftKings. Guys, let's talk defense special teams. The Jags are now up to fifty six hundred on Fanduel, and I'm still paying for them.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they're they're clearly in the best spot. You mentioned Cleveland; their Cleveland is a complete and utter disaster. Um, they're far and away, probably any system, the <laughs> the far and the way aggregate point or just or, or mean point projection for any defense. I think it's a pretty easy call. There's a couple other interesting teams. If you, especially if you decide you want to spend a little bit more, but I think that I suspect. It's really weird to pay top dollar for defenses because there's so much variance in how they score, um, especially late game flukiness or just whatever. Little things can happen that just don't that, that can mean you don't get there on your price. And this is and this is still probably the dream spot for a defense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in cash, do you have enough money this week to pay up for Jacksonville? Just do it. Yeah, you've got to get to uh, what is it here? 11 points. They've
0: got that every single week almost.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're going against the Browns They're Yeah, they're, they're the nut play. Like, honestly, they're going to be the chalk. They're going to in cash lineups. They're probably going to be like 70 percent owned. Like, sh- no kidding. I think the Chargers are going to see higher ownership because they're I mean, you're saving some money by going down to the Chargers. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't do that. All right, guys, well, let's just go
0: backwards here with GPP. We'll start at defense special teams. You already mentioned the Chargers. I mean, they're not necessarily contrarian. Is there a contrarian play you like, Doug?
2: I mean I think everyone besides those two teams is contrarian and I think when that's the case um there's it's you can make a case I mean the Bengals are are in a good spot here against Denver Bears uh Bears are coming pretty good defense against Detroit there's a lot of them so I think I, I think you can pretty much rest assured that anyone after the the Jaguars and the Chargers is going to be pretty low owned and at that point I think you're just I hate to say it because it sounds like a cop-out, but I think you're just in kind of dartboard territory after that. Chiefs against the Giants. Giants are horrible too. So um, I think you're kind of rolling the dice and, and and hoping to get lucky outside of those two teams.
1: Uh, the only team I would mention is the Broncos. I think that people are they're going to be like so low, low owned. They're thirty eight hundred. They're only two hundred cheaper than Jacksonville. But in terms of a, a GPP, especially one that's like top heavy, where it's like if you're shooting for a million dollars, you have to be like contrarian and look for the, the Denver defense. I mean, against the Bengals offensive line that can't block, Von Miller is going to go untouched sometimes. Like it wouldn't shock me if Andy Dalton sacked eight times in this game. So um, a potentially high floor option. Like I, I just think in a GPP that the Denver Broncos could. Be be, uh, a solid play.
0: I'm going super contrarian here. I think the Browns are going to be like 0.2, 0.3% owned. Going against Blake Bortles at $4,000. Yeah, I'll, I'll get some exposure to
1: that. I can't trust the Browns.
0: Can't do it. I, I'm not trusting the Browns. I'm, I'm taking a chance that they just happen <laughs> to find their way into a touchdown or two against Blake Bortles. All right, guys, GPP at tight end position. Who stands out to you guys?
2: I think considering that Kelsey and, well, Kelsey's going to be the clear high owned guy. And then, you know, you made a pretty compelling case for Gronk. I think you can make a pretty good case for Ertz. And I don't think anyone's really going to mm-hmm. play him. Um, I, he looks like he has a good safety matchup here uh, against Dallas. And he's been a really highly targeted guy um, among the best tight ends in all football and really going pretty much untalked about so far this week, mostly because these other, like Kelsey's in such a great spot and then you maybe have possibly have Vernon Davis if Jordan Reed is out. So I think between those two guys, you eat up most of the ownership at tight end and then you have a guy like Ertz who's fantastic, right? In in a good spot and really nobody talking about him. So I don't actually mind paying up for what I think might be a pretty contrarian
0: play in Ertz. Yeah, that's a good call on FanDuel. What he, he I was going to say, was
1: gonna say is like that's the exact argument that I use for Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram this week, uh, $6,000, he's priced high, so it's not like he's very cheap, but um, the way he's been producing, uh, he's going to be under-owned yeah. just because of Gronk and Kelsey. Like that's basically the reason that Evan Ingram is a decent tournament play. The other two I have down here, uh, CJ Fedorowicz, I think at 3100 can be considered uh, when you have DeAndre Hopkins matched up with Patrick Peterson. Arizona was such a a good team against defense uh, against tight ends for so long but this year they've allowed like three massive performances and Fedorowicz did play a ton of snaps last week so he's back from his concussion uh, I think he's good but and Cameron Brait is like I know that he screwed he, he screwed a lot yes. of people last week but the matchup against Miami is really really good um, his price isn't great it's 4200 on DraftKings so again this is just a tournament option I wouldn't play him in cash but um, I and I nobody ever mentioned Tyler Croft. As um, an option in cash, by the way, if you want to save some funds, a tight end, and if you don't want to pay up for Gronk or Kelsey, Tyler Croft at 2,900 is a fantastic play.
0: Oh, man, that is seriously cheap. Yeah, I love Cameron Braid this week. Tyler Croft at that price, man, that is really, really good. I also kind of like mercedes lewis. I mean right. I don't like him, but yeah. for GPP he's fine against Cleveland, right? I mean you could see a scenario where he catches two touchdowns. Well, yeah, with passes. Alan
1: Hearns out. I mean, I know I know that you're high on Keelan Cole, but um at the same time, Mercedes Lewis has gotten a few more targets over the last couple of weeks and with with Hearns out, with DD Westbrook not necessarily knowing the playbook his first NFL game if he does play, like there's a lot of question marks there. Um, Jason McCourty came back for the Browns last week. He's going to cover Marquise Lee. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons that Marquise Lee could have a decent game. So I, or that Mercedes Lewis could have a decent game, so I'm not opposed to that at all. Okay, guys, let's go wide receiver. And I'm going first because I can't hold it in any longer.
0: Keelan Cole had 166 air yards last week, even though he didn't start the game. He had had eight targets. Um, You know, Alan Hearns got hurt, but he got hurt really late in the game. Blake Bortles is throwing the ball to Keelan Cole a lot. It's going to happen even more this week. He's got big play upside. He's got some serious athleticism. I'm all over him in GPP.
1: I'm not opposed to it. The only the only concern I have is that they're going to put him in the slot. It sounds like that they're going to have him replace Hearns in the slot. And Brian Body Calhoun has been actually a really good slot cornerback this year. I think that the, that Westbrook, if he had been playing more games, he'd be a fantastic sleeper. But Mercedes Lewis, I'm on that call. I, I think I think Cole is fine. Um, I just don't I don't think the matchup is as great as we want it to be. Um, I, I think if you're going down that range, like that's I mean, if you're looking for like those really really cheap plays, I think it, I think it's solid.
0: Yeah. My two other guys, Demarcus Robinson against the Giants, I think he could have a big week, any week, serious potential. And the other guy I want to talk about is Amari Cooper. I mean, I already talked about Michael Crabtree and I think he's the safer play, but we've seen Amari Cooper just go absolutely nuts and uh, it could happen against the Patriots this week.
1: No, for sure, and that's this is really interesting, right? Like Bill Belichick, we know that he takes away number one wide receivers. Like he attempts to, um, his cornerbacks are not really helping him. That matters this much. Like you saw last week against Denver, you saw Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas both put up very productive weeks. It's because um, Stephon Gilmore hasn't been the the cornerback that they I think they hoped that they would get in in terms of signing him in the free agency. And Malcolm Butler hasn't really shown shutdown capabilities. Like he was burned over and over by Emmanuel Sanders last week. So. Amari Cooper. I think that they're they might. I mean, I think they're going to stick either Malcolm Butler or Stephon Gilmore on there. I just don't think that there's a cornerback in the NFL who can hang with Amari Cooper's size, speed, route running capability. His stop and his stop and go ability is just rid- ridiculous. His hands obviously are questionable. Oh, that's but in a game that a we're nice pro- way to put it. <laughs> in a game that we're projecting to be this high sc- <laughs> in a game that we're projecting to be this high scoring. It's just this is a matchup where honestly, I think that Cooper and Crabtree can both be considered like wide receiver one options. So it's. 6,000 for Amari Cooper, knowing the 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 ceiling that he presents, I think it's a fantastic play.
0: You know, I was looking at combine numbers the other day because I'm thinking I'm probably going to have to do this. And I was looking at Danny Woodhead's numbers because I'm going to try to compete against him when I do this combine. And I just want to see what Amari Cooper did. His broad jump was almost 11 feet. That is so stupid.
2: Well, it makes up for the fact that he has two bricks at the end of his arms. Like he, 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 like he <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you calling his hands questionable is like is like a compliment for him. No, I like. I was gonna say. I was gonna put Cooper and Crabtree in that. In that, I mean, Cooper's the very definition. He and T. Y. Hilton have this class of themselves that is just the very definition of tournament play because their performances are so lumpy that it just it's it's actually kind of off the charts. Like Cooper's standard deviation is just is actually. Like it's like, it's the craziest number. I don't have it right in front of me, but his coefficient of variation was over one. Most good, good players is somewhere like in the 0.4 range. So he's like two and a half X more volatile than a good play. Um, but that's why he's priced 6,000 and not 9,000. Like if you could catch the ball, he'd be a $9,000 wide receiver. He'd be in the Antonio Brown, like Julio Jones kind of group of guys. He just can't seem to catch it. So from a tournament perspective, you know, he just there is a, it's almost you just call it like the it's probably the T.Y. Hilton Hall of Fame, but Amari Cooper is a
0: is a member of that group for sure. You know, we also have to mention Tyreek Hill, of course, yep. and uh, Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods even against Minnesota. Oh, it, he's yeah. just been so good, man. Like, I don't know how you don't consider him for GPP.
1: I I understand it. I really do, and this is one that I'm really torn on. Like, I am I am a, like a wide receiver cornerback guy that I can go through and talk about this stuff, but uh Xavier Rhodes, I just I I can't see is Rhodes going to cover woods i don't that's that's the question is i think that they're actually just going to play sides i don't think they're going to have Rhodes shadow at all i think they're just going to play it as is and that means that sammy watkins would see the most of xavier rhodes so that means that trey waynes that would match sucks. up against uh robert woods for the majority of the time and that means that he would be a decent play my concern with him though is that he's going to be so highly owned just because people chase those points yeah. and uh I mean, this is a spot where I think I think the Rams let down. I I mean, that was my bold prediction yesterday on the show is that the Rams score 16 points and that's uh, just one touchdown and three field goals. So, I mean, Robert Woods, I don't think he's like the worst play because I don't think that Xavier Rhodes is going to shadow him. But at the same time, I am concerned about the offense this week.
0: You know, I saw Scott Barry. I think it was Scott Barrett on Pro Football Focus posted the players who have been guarded by the most top thirty wide uh the top Corners. thirty cornerbacks, mm-hmm. and Robert Woods was
1: number three on that list. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Amari Cooper was up there too, and that's what I'm saying. Teams view Amari Cooper as the best wide receiver on the Raiders. That that's yeah. that's a real thing. But uh Tyreek Hill, I think that, that's that's definitely one of the wide receivers I was gonna mention for a GPP play. Uh the the Giants run a lot of man coverage, and yeah, you can't cover Tyreek Hill in man coverage. It just can't happen. Um you can't cover him with Jenkins, his own either. Yeah, Janoris Jenkins has he he was a shutdown corner, and then he got suspended, and then he came back. And this is a Giants team that has been burned by the big play, like you've seen it in multiple weeks. You saw Robert Woods go for multiple big plays. You saw Sammy Watkins, and you saw Marquise Goodwin. Then you saw Garrett Selleck, and all of these were with Janoris <laughs> Jenkins. Like last week, it was with Janoris Jenkins in the picture every time. So it was like there's so much going on there. It's just a uh, Tyreek Hill's a good play, and Brandon Cooks again. Brandon Cooks, yeah. I think, can be used in cash and tournaments. So,
0: Doug, any other uh, GPP plays? Yeah, one guy. Um,
2: top top nine most targets in the last two weeks is Devontae Adams. Like sometimes we need a new quarterback that comes in, and the quarterback starts to hone in on this is my guy now. I think we have a pretty clear sample that Devontae Adams is Hundley's guy. I mean, he still has Hundley throwing to him, so that's a problem, of course. But um, <laughs> the, the targets are real, and he's actually been decent. The sixty-seven percent completion rate or conversion rate over that time is actually one of the highest among that group. So, and and red zone looks. Too so, um, he's in the mid middle tier in DraftKings, which is sometimes a weird spot to pay for because their pricing again skews so much that you usually end up going very cheap and then expensive. Uh, But Adams in that five thousand five hundred or so range strikes me as a nice amount of targets for you're not really breaking the bank for him.
0: All right, let's go running backs now. Why don't you go first with us, Doug? You know,
2: it's funny, I, the, I, I've the been wrong every single week on the Baltimore running backs and I feel like there is a case to be made for one of these two guys and they just can't can't seem to, <laughs> they're, they're still coming very cheap and they, I, I just don't know, I just wish I knew exactly what the plan was going in each week, I mean look, everyone wants to know that, but Alex Collins, does see carries. The weather's supposed to be a little bit bad there. Uh it's supposed to be cold, so it could affect the passing game a little bit. Um, I want to be able to I think I'm probably gonna end up trying to play one of the or making the same lineups and then just working in Allen or Collins and, and thinking I'm gonna get some upside if we can just get like if we can get Collins' 18 carries from the week before with a couple pass with a couple catches at 3,900, I don't mind it. And I and I fully understand that. That they could just kind of flip the script, and you could see Buck Allen getting more carries. But I think that I think there is some value in the Baltimore running game.
0: Yeah, with it being cold, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Alex Collins fumbles and then Buck Allen just takes over.
1: I think I don't think Buck Allen's going to play very much if Danny Woodhead's active. Okay. So I mean, for me, um, I think Woodhead is going to play. I think that this has all been gamesmanship by the Ravens. Uh, He's been out a long time for an injury that shouldn't have taken this long. But again, he's an older running back. He's coming off multiple lower leg injuries. Um, We've talked about in the show before is that the Ravens just don't don't want to play Buck Allen. They don't want to play him. Like the only reason they did is because they had to. And some people are lower on Collins and um, because of his performance before the bye against Tennessee. But don't take too much away from that, guys. Like, seriously, it wasn't a good matchup for him at all. And we talked about that here. So I do think that Collins is a much better play this week. And I I honestly, I do think he's a better play than Buck Allen. I, I would try to avoid Buck Allen if all possible. I think that Collins is the if you're if you're trying to pick one, it would be Collins for me.
0: I've got three GPP guys I like uh, Kenyon Drake against Tampa, who's been horrible against the run lately. And Kenyon Drake, I think he's a fine running back. I know Miami kind of sucks, but you know, I could see him having a big game. Uh, Joe Mixon, I can't believe I'm saying this again, but he's stupid cheap. He's going against Denver. Like, wouldn't this be the week that we see him just go nuts? He's going to be less than 1% owned, I think. <laughs> so I'm going to get myself a few shares. Not especially excited about it, but there's a chance he goes off. And then Lamar Miller. I think Lamar Miller is just a fine running back.
1: Oh, he could get two or three touchdowns. No. Man, get out of here! It's your Lamar Miller. No, no, no! Don't play Lamar Miller, guys. <laughs> like seriously, just don't do it. <laughs> Lamar Miller is such a bad play this week, so bad. Like, Doug, could you back me up on this one that Lamar Miller should not be on? Un- the It's so right? funny because
2: I there's these classes of guys that I always want to play, and actually Mixon is in that group too. I played him multiple times in cash this year; has not worked out. Um, so, because th- th- <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's just I'm like I've, I think I've said multiple weeks this is the week for Joe Mixon. This is the week for Joe Mixon. There's just no week for Joe Mixon. Really, he's just not very good, and they just can't really run the ball. The Lamar Miller one is interesting too. I would be more inclined to play him if I knew that Foreman wasn't. There at all, but he just worked himself more into the game, I think. And again, they just, it's it's so hard to, it really is so hard to roster running backs on bad teams, which is why you see a lot of the same running back plays week after week after week, because. Yeah, it just it happens every week. If you're on a bad team, it's just so hard to be a good running back on a bad team. I don't know if it's chicken or the egg. Are they bad because the running back's bad, or is the running back bad because the team is bad? But that's the problem with both those guys is their teams just suck, and and it's it's just hard to be a good running back on a bad team. Except for Jordan Howard, he's like the one guy that can kind of pull it off
1: every (laughs) once in a
0: while. The reason I went Miller is because like we see it from week to week. The guys who have big weeks as running backs are the guys who just happen to get two or three rushing touchdowns. And the way you get those rushing touchdowns is goal line carries and a bunch of carries overall. Miller slid to get both of those. There is a scenario where Miller has a big game. I do not think he's a good play, but because there's a scenario and he's going to be like 1% owned. I'm fine with you getting some exposure.
1: I think it'll be higher than one percent owned because his price is like you think so? His price is down in the dumps. They brought it down his price a lot uh, for this Arizona game. The concern is that I've talked about it before. Lamar Miller is uh, a younger version of Frank Gore uh, in fantasy football, and I say that because he's totaled between sixty-three and ninety-six yards uh, total yards in eight of nine games this year. Like that's that's very boring production. It's fine in a season-long league if you're looking for a running back to stuff in your lineup. But if you're looking for upside in a tournament, like Lamar Miller doesn't have it. He's only scored in two games this year, and uh, both those games were with uh, Deshaun Watson on the field. They're not in scoring position to get those goal line carries. I'm with you in the fact that you want a running back who's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to get goal line carries. That's why Leonard Fournette is such a good play. Like that team should be in scoring yeah. position a lot against the Browns. The game script is really good. Um, like he, we know he's talented. Lamar Miller has been losing carries. I want to say he played one of his lowest uh, percentage of snaps last week where Devonta, uh, Deontay Foreman was earning more and more carries so i'm i'm completely a against Lamar Miller. One. I think that you'd rather go down to like 4,300 and play Marshawn Lynch uh, because Lynch, at least, you know, it's a high scoring game. Um, you know that the Patriots defense hasn't been the same. Uh, Dante F- F- Hightower out for the year, Shane McClellan out for the year. Um, they've allowed some big running games like Melvin Gordon, who was playing on essentially one leg, uh, ran for 130 yards and touchdown against them. So I think that he's more of someone that can t- get two goal line plunges and have like 12 carries for like 80 yards. I think that that Lynch is someone I would... I, I do think the Drake call was interesting at 4,800. And then Jordan Howard, nobody's mentioned him at 6,200. I think he should be in play. Uh, the game will be play in Chicago against Detroit, who's been really struggling without Haloti Nada on the defensive line. So the Bears know they need to get back to the run and... Howard's the type of guy that that's the type of guy who can score two two, two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I love Howard. They, and they shown that they would use him no matter when whether they're winning or losing. And so that's there's, there's aren't many running backs that are in the league that are like that, right? Like it's it's usually you have your 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 catch up back and you have your you know run downhill back. He's kind of both backs. I know and cart, you know, Cohen's been used last. They have been the, the quarterback play is so bad there that they're just fine, just running the ball and hoping that they can kind of keep the game close. So he's actually that's why I meant before about it. He's like the one running back on a bad team that I'd be willing to consider in that even like even butting up at the close to cash
0: game range because of how they use them yeah yeah and of course all the guys we've already mentioned for cash games you can use those guys in gpp as well let's close out with quarterback here uh there are two plays that i like here uh for for gpp at least i don't like them but for gpp i could see them having big games it's Jay Cutler and, again, Eli Manning against Kansas City. Yeah, well they're cheap. Um, <laughs> I'm to think of another, <laughs> another superlative to,
2: to come up with. Uh, I mean, look, whenever you're going this this level or kind of this price tier on a quarterback, you're just hoping that they're playing catch-up for, the, for the end of the game and getting garbage-time touchdowns. Manning is a king of garbage-time touchdowns. So um, I think from that standpoint, he has upside and you just have to understand that you're rostering Jay Cutler and Eli Manning, and kind of feeling and yeah. kind of feeling okay with it because it's really hard. Cutler's throwing 40
0: passes a week lately.
2: Yeah, there's are still Jay Cutler passes. I take that back. He's not as bad. Mm-hmm. He, he he. There is accuracy there, and he actually is getting some. He's getting enough usage in the red zone where they are throwing the ball when they're down and close. When they get there, that I, I probably would prefer Cutler. I definitely would prefer Cutler over Manning.
1: Okay.
0: Tags, who's your guy?
1: Yeah, I'd prefer color over Manning, too. Um, Drew Brees is a fantastic tournament play. Um, you know, obviously, we talked about this and the fact that I we, I still believe in Brees, but Washington has allowed at least 23 fantasy points in four of the last six games. Uh, and that has included Case Keenum, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith. So it's all different types of quarterbacks. The only ones who didn't were Brian Hoyer, who was benched for C.J. about third in that game. And then it was Dak Pre- And then Dak Prescott didn't. But that was the game that Zeke was going off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Um, In division game and that's the thing it's not to say that it right and that's not to say that Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara can't go off again and score you know three touchdowns rushing touchdowns not to say that can't happen but I think that there's a realistic possibility that Drew Brees throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns in this game and he's gonna have lower ownership and he's 6,800 so he's he's more expensive than Alex Smith and like that's just that's why people will play Alex Smith and they'll play Tom Brady and why Brees will be lower owned I think he's a fantastic tournament play I also think Derek Carr at 6,400 is good and and um, the last one, I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> against the Dolphins. I mean Cam Newton uh, guys. I guess. Cam Newton is not a good quarterback. Like, I'm sorry. He's not very good passing the football. I know he looked good um, on Monday night, but if you've watched him the entire season like I have, you would see that he has not been a very good quarterback. I love how people use his shoulder injury when he's playing bad and they say, oh, it must be the shoulder. And then he has a good game. And it's like, oh, he's getting over a shoulder injury. It's like, where are we? He had the Detroit game where he looked really good back in like week four and he looked like crap for the next few weeks. It's who Cam Newton is. But against this Miami defense... A lot of a lot of players can look really good um, and getting again, getting Mike Evans back. It, it's really going to help. Deshaun Jackson is out there is the number two option, which he should be. Uh, Cameron Brain has a really good matchup. So Fitzpatrick, I think, as um, a last ditch tournament op- option isn't isn't the worst. You know who would be really good this week is Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I don't even want to talk about <laughs> We can't use him, though, man. <laughs>
0: All right, Doug. Why don't you close us out here? Uh, who do you like at quarterback for GPP?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't mind Cousins here. He's the he's mm-hmm. the highest yeah. implied total underdog. Um, if that makes sense, right? So he's the, so he's the underdog that is implied for the most points this week. And, uh, if, if you don't count the Dallas, uh, the Dallas Eagles game, cause that's on the Monday night, but, or excuse me, Sunday night, I've, Cousins has, has big games in them. They can't run the ball. It, it stands the reason they're going to be behind. And of all the quarterbacks that are in underdog spots, I mean, you could probably, it's between him and the, uh, and between him and Carr as who the only ones with like real legitimate talent are. And so when I'm looking for a team that's going to be playing catch up, that has weapons and we have big games out of him. I don't mind cousins in the spot. He's not cheap, but he's not, he doesn't break the bank for you either. And I think he is going to be a spot where he, if, would it be shocking to have him throw 45 times this game?
0: I, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't totally shock me. They're not going to be able to run the ball at all. So I think cousins has a lot of upside. He did last week, 45 pass attempts against Minnesota for 28 fantasy points. You see, he sneaks into the touchdown. He sneaks into the end zone with the uh, Russian touchdowns too. He's got 26, 28, 24, 28 fantasy points in four games this year. He's got some big game upside, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's a really good one. I think you could do a game stack with that, too. You could do Cousins, Thompson, um, and then stack on the other side. You could play like Michael Thomas or you could play Alvin yeah. Kamara. Like, yeah, there's so many people like in it. that game that you like. Yeah, definitely. I like it. All right, Doug. Well, that's all for today's show.
0: We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, talk to you guys again soon. Doug, it's our pleasure. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been sending in reviews on iTunes. We do read all those. We read all our emails at mailbag at fantasypros.com. And all your tweets, if we don't respond to them, I'm sorry. We just get so many tweets that uh, we can't get to them all, but uh, we get to as many as we possibly can. Thank you also to the sponsor of today's show, draft.com slash pros. And we'll talk to you all next week. For Mike Taglier, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.